Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Welcome to episode 72 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's now time to catch them all with your hosts. I'm Kyle, also known as Zapdos Pocket, and I'm Team Halucha. And I'm Doug, also known as Ikibuli, and I'm Team Grappalocked. To listen to the show, you can find us anywhere, like uh, maybe, say, Player.fm or Google Play Music. I don't know. Whatever your phone allows you to do. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review if you can. It helps us out by making the show better. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustrations and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Hi, Doug. Hi. Hello. I'm awake and here. And we're talking about Pokemon. So it's a good day. And I'm here. You are here. Yeah. And I'm grateful for every time I can have you right now because I'm competing for your attention <laughs> with an infant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. That is not yes. me. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll start a rivalry with an infant. I don't care. <laughs> I'll talk crap. On, well, no, I won't. But, you know. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll throw for the drama crap. of it all. I'll play. I'll play my part. Yeah. He'll throw his crap. <laughs> yeah. No, I got I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> In a Pokemon battle, Luke wins. That's for sure. Oh, I don't know. He's, he still hasn't picked a favorite Pokemon yet. That makes him all the more dangerous, you know? He's open-minded. I'm narrow-minded. Although, I'm wearing my uh, Harry Potter Pokemon t-shirt today. Oh? And so it's got Charmander, Pikachu, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. He was dead-eyeing Squirtle. There you go. So, once he can start crawling, we're going to put uh, my Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle plush out. We're going to have him crawl to whichever one he wants. And then he's locked in forever. Exactly. And I'll. Be, and if he ever decides to choose something different, I'm like, uh, no, you chose this. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Pick. man. You might not remember, but we put it on video. Here are the receipts. Welcome exactly. to the 21st century, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's new with you, man? Um, Not a ton. I actually... I've been playing two games mm. uh, because... Well, I think I already told you that I, I was... I've been slowly making my way through Omega Ruby. Yes. Uh, just because it's it's one of the... I know it's not its own generation, mm-hmm. but it's the only sort of pair of games that I didn't dip into uh, even shortly after it happened. So I've been doing that, but okay. I also found my DSi and like forgot I had it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got a DSi in the first place was because I had a Pokemon Pearl card that wasn't working in any of my 3DSs. And somebody suggested, well, it might not be dead. It might just not be, like, jiving with the 3DS, which I guess happens. Mm-hmm. But you could pick up a DSi, and it'll probably be fine. So I picked like picked up, like, a used one for, I don't know, like, 35 bucks or something. Nice. Um, and then forgot I had it and picked it up the other day and was like, oh, I started a Pokemon Pearl file two whole years ago. So I've been playing a little bit of that and a little bit of Omega Ruby and just kind of like jumping back and forth between the two. And it's been a nice 
nice little respite here and there to dip into some old Pokemon of very different different generations. Nice. Is that the uh, uh, game I picked up for you, or is that a different one? I don't know. It might have been because Diamond was. Hmm. Well, no. You know what it was. I I uh, I think Platinum was the one that I had a bunch of people's eyeballs on, mm. and I never ended up with that. But did you did you actually get me one? Because if so, then it's probably Pearl. Yeah, because I remember uh, you were looking for a Generation Four game. Yeah, and one of my local stores had it. Yeah, because like it was in bucks. a Pokeball, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you put it in a Pokeball for me? I think yes, you did. yes, with your Chikorita. Yes, you did get that for me. You did get that for me. So, yes. you know, being the great friend I am, it's <laughs> taken me two years to actually uh, get into that. But I'm happy that I found it. It's funny because it. I think the only reason I lost track of it is because I had it in this DSI that I bought ah. specifically to play it. Um, and then I moved and was like, okay, well, what do I need to unpack? My 3ds, my Switch, like. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. coming across that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I forgot I had this. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. My uh, yeah. I can't find my uh, heart gold anywhere. Oh, no, that's such a bummer. Yeah, I remember playing it a couple years ago. And then at one point, like, I just misplaced it. And then we did a whole rearranging in the uh, living room. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll find it as soon as we move everything. Maybe it's like underneath a bookshelf or something. Nope, couldn't find it anywhere. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then, obviously, uh, I told you I started playing Platinum. Yeah. And so that's the new game I'm doing now for my challenge. But once Platinum's over, Heart Gold and Soul Silver is next. Yes. So um, uh, I might just have to go out and buy myself a new copy. It's so, going to be rough. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Although, like, uh, and I know you know this, but if you're diligent enough, you can always find some store that's selling it uh, oh, at yeah. a more reasonable price. You just got to, like, be patient with it. Oh, yeah. You know, since um, at the time of re- this will be a little bit late by the time this records or this releases. But as we're recording this, there's the uh, draw your Pokemon path meme going around. And I'm sure you and I have talked about it before, but yeah. I feel like it would be fun to do it right here on the show. Okay. Um, If you want to. I don't know. We don't have a ton planned. Like we have a big, we have like a big piece of discussion, but mm-hmm. not a ton of news. So we can blast through this real quick, just because I'm curious. Um, okay. And and so I just picked the first game I played in every generation, um, because no one's going to be surprised to know that you and I have played most of the games generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So okay, red or blue? Ah, uh, it was red, and then like yellow the same day. And I did blue. Uh, gold or silver? Silver. Same. But I got gold on Christmas that same day, just kind of <laughs> like you and yellow. Nice. Uh, ruby or sapphire? Uh, ruby. Sapphire. Ooh, okay. Fire red or leaf green? Leaf green. Ooh, same. Okay. Uh, diamond or pearl? Um. Ooh. Some I, of them I, end up being hard to remember, right? <laughs> I ended up actually picking up both. Uh-huh. Do you remember which one you turned on first? <laughs> it was diamond because I gave pearl to... My wife, who was my then girlfriend at the time, so ah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. I also yeah. got it, got them like way later, like after Harkle and oh, Soul Silver okay. came out. Oh dang! Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. Gold and Silver. Uh, since I got them on the same day on Christmas and started them on the same day, I always revert back to like which one did I turn on first, which I know was Silver because for oh. a long time and kind of still, but not as much. 
I always sort of chose the the blue analog like analogy. So mm-hmm. silver is the cooler color, green is the cooler color, diamond is the cooler color. So I almost always would get blue, but there so, are exceptions in there. So I just realized something. Yeah. Yellow was my first. Hmm. I got it with the Game okay. Boy exclusive. Uh, oh, nice. That's awesome. And I played it for a little bit, but then I got red later that night because it was Christmas. And then I stopped playing yellow and I actually finished red first. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I don't even remember which of gold or silver I finished first. I just remember kind of like you do, which one you started mm-hmm. first. Although you actually remember which one you finished first. So I guess it's not the same. Um, I would guess I probably finished silver first. Cause that's that's the one that I w- I picked Chikorita in, and so I probably stuck with that one. Um, where were we? Oh, uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Heart Gold. Uh, I I did Soul Silver. Black or white? Um, white. These ones always confuse me because the mascots don't match the colors. Well, it was the whole yin and yang thing. Yeah. Oh no, totally. It makes yeah. sense and it's really cool, but it, yeah. it it always confuses me. Yeah, because I remember all my friends were picking black because. Mm-hmm. They all love the color black. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get the black legendary. You get the white legendary. And I'm like, the black one looks so much cooler. Yep. Yeah, I would have gone with black because to me, even though it's not red and blue and mm -hmm. there's really no like temperature to the colors, I would have gone with black because it felt like the cooler one. But the mascot on white is black. So that's what I went with. Exactly. That's what (laughs) what I did. I was like, ooh, Zekrom looks so much cooler, although I didn't know its name at the time. But this at this point here, me and my best friend, her and I, we would always get the opposite games. Yeah, I have a friend like that, too. Actually, Zach, one of our former guests uh, on the mm-hmm. show. We we usually do that, too. Nice. And we've been doing that uh, up to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. He actually just texted me, like, honestly, like half an hour ago, being like, wait a second, which Gen 4 game did you play? Because I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. And I was like, I played Diamond. And he was like, I definitely played Pearl then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Black 2 or White 2? I got White 2 because it was the sequel to white yep same uh x or y uh y i am not even 100 percent sure on this but i'm gonna say x and i'll probably get off this recording and look at my boxes and realize i lied to all of you but mm-hmm. i don't remember because gen 6 is a blur in my brain when gen 6 came out this is when i actually really started buying myself uh both copies of the games sure for myself so mm-hmm. I actually have X and Y, but I bought Y first. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sun or moon? Uh, sun. Uh, I played moon. Yep. Um, and sun or moon is similar for me to the last generation for you. Uh, I have all the sun and moon games. Like mm-hmm. I just was, it's the first time I was like, I'm getting all of these all while they are current. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I've gone back and completed generations, but that was the first generation where I was like, I want all of them now hmm. before the next generation comes because I like this one a lot. <laughs> but I did start with Moon for sure. Yep. Because uh, this is also when I bought Sun and Moon because I got Moon for my wife. And then for some reason, I also have two copies of Sun. I'm not sure why. That's weird. That is very weird. And then Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon? Ultra Sun. And Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can probably guess this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess that you went with Let's Go Eevee and not Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> Correct. Also, uh, this list that I'm looking at forgets Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. So mm. which one of those did you play first? Ooh, uh, I want to say Omega Ruby. Same. And yeah. then Sword and Shield. 
shield. Same. Same, dog. Same, shield, dog. What's funny is you said you always go with, like, the blue theme. I used to be much stricter about it, but yeah. um, but now I, I typically will pick based on the mascot itself, which is how I ended up with shield dog instead of sword dog. Yeah, because I was also like, okay, everyone's picking sword. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get the sword. I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get the shield, and you're not going to have it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I always felt like I always picked the redder version of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I ended up with blue is because when I was a kid, I felt like everybody I knew had red. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to get blue then because like if if we're supposed to trade and all of you have red, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And so then I just kind of like stuck with that for a while. Kind of like yeah. I thought I was going to stick with grass starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually it just, you know, I, yeah. my conviction isn't strong enough to go 20 years uh, <laughs> doing one thing, I guess. Yeah, same. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for entertaining me on that. What's new in the in the Pokemon world with you? Well, like I said, I'm playing uh, Platinum now. Yeah, uh, how's that going? Pretty good so far. I, get, I just got my second patch this morning. Who did you start with? I know you showed me your team, but uh, I didn't Pippa. memorize it. That's right, because yes. you even asked like what to nickname it. What did you yes. end up nicknaming it? Uh, Dorothy, after my wife. Oh, that's so sweet. Cause... It, it, wait, did you end up getting a female Piplup? Uh, I kept resetting until I got a female. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I um I the I think I, I'm pretty sure the only um female starter I got in one shot is in my current Alpha Sapphire or I always do that. <laughs> um in my Omega Ruby game. I got in one shot I got a, a female starter and was like, Oh my gosh. This I got exciting. it I got it in Sun. And because nice. it was for my uh Doom Kitty. Oh, uh, that's so awesome. In Cinderwar for everybody. And so my wife, who'd pick Poplio, gets Primarina, and it's male, and she constantly keeps complaining. She goes, I don't understand why Poplio can even be a boy. Primarina looks too much like a girl. And I'm no. like... Pokemon, they don't follow our rules. You exactly. know what I mean? I know. They don't give a crap about our, uh, our gender constructs. <laughs> yeah. So... I was like, it's just Pokemon Hunt. It, I mean, the only time that they're gender exclusive is if it's for biology reasons, like Miltank and Tauros. Which, honestly, like, at this point, they don't even need to do if they don't want to. Like, I think they, they because they have things like, you know, Primarina, where it's, like, typically more feminine-looking by, like, human measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, Incineroar that generally looks more masculine. Uh, yeah. But they're just sort of like, whatever, who cares? Like, at this point, I don't even think they would do a Miltank uh, Toro situation. Although they still do make gender-exclusive Pokemon. Yeah. I was like, Hunt, just nickname your Primarina RuPaul and call it a day. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Plenty of men look like women on purpose. Plenty of women look like men on purpose. Some people just look like people. Like, it's cool. It's fine. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. People do people, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and Pokemon do Pokemon without even thinking about people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i so, love primarina that i mean mine i uh i mean i talked about this when we were covering sun and moon but i was full on with you and i was like i'm gonna go lit in 100 and then for some reason when they were actually in front of me i was like it must be poplio <laughs> and i have never regretted it i freaking love uh primarina yeah i remember like because i was still on the whole all i've ever used is grass starter kicks because mm-hmm. literally like 
every time I've first played a game, it's always been the grass starter. Yeah. Then when I saw Rowlet, and I'm like, I'm really not a fan of Rowlet. Okay. Well, let me just see. And then I saw Lynn, and I'm like, yeah, it, it's going to be the fire cat because it just reminded me too much of my cats. Mm hmm. Exactly. I was going to say something, but I can't remember what it was now. Was it about platinum? Because I totally interrupted you. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, I Yeah, I've been playing and it's been fun. Uh, I've obviously I sent you a copy of what my future team's going to be because part of my challenge is I have to use Pokemon I've never used before. Which yeah, I like that I, challenge. Yes, I love it because it's giving me a new like respect for all these other Pokemon. So so far and what's hard is because like these older games you have to have a flyer on your team yeah and so i'm like okay who do i want to be my flyer and then i'm i'm looking at the list and i'm like there's not a lot but then i was like chat up i've never used a chat up before yeah there you go yeah that's uh you know i i don't necessarily have strong feelings about which pokemon should or shouldn't evolve because mm-hmm. like i'm cool with just Pokemon that never evolve. I actually think a lot, I, I feel more strongly about certain Pokemon that I feel should not evolve ever. Mm-hmm. But Chatot is one that I actually would be really curious to see an evolution for. Yeah, that'd um, be really cool. Uh, yeah, I feel like they would do something really cool with it. And so mm-hmm. I, I would like, I would like to see it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, my past two teams, like when I did Fire Red, I had a Pokemon that didn't evolve, Mr. Mime. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't evolve. At the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then in Emerald, I had Tropius. Tropius is such a strange Pokemon because it looks like something that is evolved. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For for just like a, a generally ordinary Pokemon, it looks like it should have evolved from something. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes it cool and unique mm-hmm. in, that, in that it doesn't. Yeah. And it's like a grass flying type. And I think it's the yeah, first that grass flying, unique too. So, which is really cool. So yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I can u- finally use you as my flyer. Um, so I've always been fascinated by Tropius. I always thought it looked really cool, but I could just yeah. never put, I just never ended up putting it on my team because I always had a flyer by that point. Usually mm-hmm. Talo, Swallow, Swablu, something like that. Yeah. So now I finally had my uh, thing there. So this team that I'm working on now, um, so I realized I had never used any of the fossil Pokemon from Generation 4. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me see which one I'm going to get. So... Platinum does this thing where the last digit of your ID determines uh, what fossil Pokemon you're going to get. So, like, if it's, <laughs> if it's even, you're going to get uh, Bastiodon. If you're going to get, uh, if you have an odd number, it's going to be Rampardos. So, I had an odd, and I got, so I'm putting Rampardos on my team. I actually already found the fossil, and I revived it. Nice. I caught a Badoo. Um, right now I'm trying to level it up with maximum friendship during the day so I can get a Roselia. Then I can get a shiny stone and evolve it into Roserade. One of those, uh, one of those rare, not that rare, but kind of rare circumstances mm-hmm. where like no evolution is straightforward, almost like Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. And then the last two, Krogunk, I've never used before. I'm excited for you to use Krogunk. Yeah. I've actually used a lot of poison types on my team lately. I really like poison. Ever since Sun and Moon, I really, like, I was late to the game, too. Freaking love poison type. Yeah, because uh, my last uh, Emerald, I used Swalot, and I was like, ooh, I kind of like you. And I've already, mm-hmm. like, started, like, mentally planning out for, like, future games. So, yeah. like, 
whichever, if I do white or white two, I'm going to pick uh, Trubbish. Nice. One of my favorites of all time. Also, trash bag. put it out there, uh, when I start my uh, Johto journey, I have never used a Sunflora. Oh, I love Sunflora. Sunflora was on my team the whole time I played Silver. And there's a bunch of people being like, you're an idiot. That's a dumb choice. I don't care. <laughs> I love Sunflora. It's yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah, so I've already... Because Johto's a little bit more difficult for me because I'm trying to think of like, okay, what haven't I used? And also, yeah. what's available during the playthrough? Yep. Because like, I think... I don't think I've ever used a Houndour or Houndoom, but you, I don't think you can get Houndour until like after you beat the elite four and it's in Kanto for some reason. So yeah, that's the thing about it is like you, you don't want to pick something that you're not going to get until like after seven gyms or something. Cause then you have to like almost pause in those old games and like just commit to that. <laughs> Be mm-hmm. like, All right, come on, get back up to snuff with the rest of these folks. Yeah. I mean, I could use one of my hound hours I got from Emerald. Mm hmm transfer it to diamond or my platinum game uh once i beat that and then uh trade it to my soul silver with a level five or whatever after i breed it mm-hmm. but it defeats the purpose of my own personal challenge of not using any trades or anything like that sure yeah so, no, that makes sense yeah so i'm intrigued to see what i end up doing with uh heart gold and soul silver yeah Soul Silver will probably be the next thing I play, you know, eight years from now when I finish <laughs> uh, an old game. <laughs> yeah. And then the last person on my team is going to be uh, Weavile. Yes. Weavile is definitely one of those Pokemon that at the time, because I, at the time, you know, I was, I was really excited for Gen 4, but I also, for a long time, it was, it was like my least favorite generation um, I think Gen 6 is probably my least favorite generation at this point. Not because it's bad or anything, but just because like I do not have a connection to it. Um, but for a long time, it was Gen 4. And it was because, you know, at the time, it was the, it was the first time they did like a big wave of we're going to evolve a bunch of stuff that just was, you know. And so I, aside from Magmortar and Electivire, I really just like didn't like a lot of the the evolutions of former generation pokemon and now it seems so silly to think that Mm -hmm. uh because now it's just sort of a regular thing where you're you're always kind of like well maybe they'll evolve something you know that didn't before but it took me so long and weavile is one of those where i was like sneasel was fine sneasel was perfect Mm -hmm. you didn't need to touch it but weavile's cool so (laughs) you know if i could go back in time and and give myself a little bonk on the back of the head and be like shut up (laughs) I would. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't think I ever was like that. I really didn't like, I really, I mean, you could, you could ask uh, Zach, like, I really did not like the fact that they went back and took a bunch of Pokemon and like evolved them. I still don't actually love the fact that that's like a huge chunk of that Pokedex. Um, yeah. I can, That I, I still yeah. don't really like, but I get it. I mean, it's like the theme of the generation. Evolution. So like, that's just a preference thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just yeah. more of a me thing. I still am not the biggest fan of Licky Licky. I like the idea of Licky Licky. I don't really love the design. And actually, so like my issue with Licky Licky is the same issue I have with a number of the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire Megas where I'm like, there's something that like just doesn't feel 
totally connected. Like something about Licky Licky doesn't feel like it is. I don't know. There's something stylistically off about it. Uh, considering Lickitung uh, looks the way that it does. I don't know. It looks like it's from a fully different. Uh, it could be its own Pokemon. Like, I, and that would be weird because they're similar. But it it doesn't look like an evolution of Lickitung to me. Yeah. Aside from like its color scheme, I think if you switch the colors of Licky Licky, uh, just totally different colors, you could pawn it off as a different Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. I just don't think it's a great. Like Weavile is a great evolution of Sneasel. Like yeah. I think it's a good. It's a good move forward. I think Electivire is a great move forward from Electabuzz. Yeah. Licky Licky is just it's just lacking something to me. But I, I like it in concept, and I'm pretty sure I've used it before because uh, I like Lickitung a lot. And people are going to call me out if I don't say this, but Magnezone is also a great evolution. <laughs> I do. I, I've come around on it. I've come uh-huh. around on it. Um, well, especially, especially since, uh, you know, becoming friends with you. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you. At the time, I was like, this is ugly as butt. <laughs> but uh, but I've I, that's one kind of like Weavile that I've come around on uh, big time. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Well, I'm excited for you to play through through Platinum and and hear about that uh, as the journey continues. But yeah. anything else going on in Pokemon with you? Any new Mega Constructs or uh, plushies? No, nothing yet. Um, although resisting the... all the cuties that are coming out. Ugh. I know. I I want so many of the Hoenn stuff. I know. Me too. <laughs> but uh, there is a new listing for a new um Mega Truck set. I found uh, Machop versus Galarian Zigzagoon. Oh, that's why. I mean, like, it's cool, but why? Why those two? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Huh. Which. Have they done Machop before? They it could have. just be. They did oh. Machop in a Pokeball set. I'm looking okay. at them right now. I'm assuming they probably upped the design just a little bit. Because they that seem makes to sense. Do, they do that with a lot of re releases, they'll up the design. Yeah. So I'd only really be getting it for the Galarian Zigzagoon. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I uh I almost you're gonna you're gonna be sad at this. I almost bought uh a, just one of the Pokeball Mega Constructs the other day when I was at Target mm-hmm. uh because I saw that there was a Tepig there, but I don't like the Tepig build very much. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's I don't think it's very good. It's very lengthy. It's real wide. Like, its legs are on the side of its body. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are like that. So, like, a lot of the... uh, How do I put this? Uh, All the Pokemon that are, like, on fours, they just look a little weird. So, honestly, really only the fire one. So, Litten, Tepig, and Fennekin are a little weird looking. Mm -hmm. Um, Chikorita and Bulbasaur look fine. Uh, I think they gave Poplio two big offends. Oh, really? flippers or whatever you want to call it. Eevee looks fine. But I almost, almost, almost did it. And maybe I will in the future, but I wasn't convinced in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see the Galarian Zigzagoon. Yeah, I'll uh, send you a link so you can check it out. Um, cool. Still haven't uh, uh, bitten the bullet and gotten the new Charizard yet. I want to. It's only 20 yeah. bucks, but I just, you know. It'll happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could have gotten it. I had a bunch of Amazon gift cards saved up from Christmas, but I ended up buying myself a You'll nail feel gun and some Power Ranger figures. Better to get it when you're, like, pumped to get it, I think. Yeah. Other than, uh, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, 
I think that's about it on all new stuff with me. I mean, also, I really just have not been playing Pokemon Go all that much lately. Ah, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, like, they've been doing, like, all these uh, catch these Pokemon for the uh, from this region event thing. Yeah, they did. Int- we haven't actually talked about this at all on the podcast, but they introduced a new thing, the like collection challenges, mm-hmm. which I like in concept. But again, since I haven't been playing the game, yeah, um, I haven't really messed around with it. But I do like the idea of that. Mm-hmm. I actually think I like that better than like standard research tasks. Yeah. Uh, and it feels more in the spirit of Pokemon, I think, because it's a purely capture based challenge. And it's very specific, so it's kind of got that Pokemon hunting vibe to it, and I dig that. I yeah. just, you know, need to set aside a day and, like, really play around with it. See, now, obviously, I really haven't been going anywhere besides work now, but, like, mm-hmm. I have not completed a single one of them. So, like, I'll, yeah, get, I'll get, like, all three of the starters that they asked for, but then, like, there's always, like, three Pokemon left I just cannot find. Yeah. So, like, I think it was during... Uh, Sinnoh, they wanted you to get Shadow Pokemon too. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, I could never find one of the Shadow Pokemon because the Team Rocket Grunt never showed up with it. (laughs) No! Yeah, Yeah, it definitely, I mean, like, the scavenger hunt element of it is real, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Johto. Um, I've got the three starters, I got Sudowoodo, I got Murkrow, and I got Sunkern. So all I need now is Smeargle, Miltank, and larvitar two of those are very rare and i have Mm -hmm. yet to actually see any of them anywhere so i don't think they're actually like increasing their odds of showing up at all which is kind of silly um yeah their part (laughs) although i saw someone got a shiny mill tank and i thought that was kind of cool yeah 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 yeah. i didn't uh i did not try for that although i told myself i was going to whoops There's (laughs) there's a mill tank raid I saw that it was possible, though, like that they they did. They were featuring it like they they called it out, you know, as like a mill tank raid. Heads up. It's happening. Get pumped. (laughs) And I was pumped when I saw it. And then I stopped being pumped. There you go. (laughs) I just, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I need to do it. I need to make the effort. I need to I need to get around. I need to get out of my apartment and walk around. (laughs) Well, speaking of Target, uh. (laughs) <laughs> thoughts on the the tcg shortage that seems to have ramped up even further than when i talked about it with josh because josh and i talked about it a little bit you know mm-hmm. he he is big into the tcg game he talked about collecting you know because he doesn't just play he collects as well and you know when he and i were talking he said you know this weird thing that's been happening over the past year or so is that um it's become and, and it comes in sort of waves but we're currently in a wave where like a bunch of people are buying up Pokemon cards to resell and then you can't find them. And when he and I were talking, it definitely didn't feel like that meant no cards, (laughs) but the past two times I've been to target and it sounds like you as well. And I saw, you know, Tim, one of our former guests uh, posted a picture as well of just completely empty, completely empty pegs, Mm -hmm. like none whatsoever. The one thing I saw was a single starter deck. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just, it's <laughs> like floored. And I, I, I even like took a picture. I forgot to send it to Josh, but I took a picture. And I was like, is this what you were talking about? Because <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. 
So, um, a friend of mine, uh, might also be a friend of you, I don't know, uh, Big Mike on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had mm-hmm. posted uh, something about cards, and I'm trying to find, oh, here we go. So he had posted about how every Pokemon streamer on every platform has made it impossible to find regular Pokemon cards at any yep. store because they're bought because uh, they've bought them up to stream opening them or scalpers found a, a new item to scalp to them. So he lives yep. out, he lives out in California where it's probably even worse than anywhere else. Yeah, and so he said he went to Target and uh, they weren't even allowed to buy any of the Pokemon cards that they just put out there because there's a wait list ah i wonder i wonder because you know josh sort of he didn't he didn't say specifically who it was but he like he said basically a while back there was a big streamer or youtuber who you know did like you know did a card opening thing mm-hmm. i know which one it was too. that was sort of his theory of like it all sort of stems back to here and you're right like if you go on twitch like you could find a bazillion channels of people opening cards, which is fun. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I love watching those videos. Uh, our good friend yeah. Hassan does them, and I love them. Exactly. We we did it once. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We like, still don't know thing. what that last card was that I opened that when my internet came yeah. out. The world may never know. I mean, I know, but I'm not going to show But the world doesn't. Exactly. It's a mystery. I tell y'all, you what. Y'all just have to wonder. On our very last episode, <laughs> I will announce what that card was. Very last. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful yes so luke if you're listening right now you'll finally get to know (laughs) but uh but yeah i wonder um because it seems to have gotten worse like in mike's case you know it sounds like they put them out but they were just they were limiting access to them Mm -hmm. do you i wonder if like my target for example where there's just none on the shelf i wonder if certain stores have made it their policy such that you have to ask and and maybe they're behind the counter or something. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I wouldn't mean, be surprised if that were the case because then they could very specifically say like, "Hey, all of our cards are," bro-, but but they didn't have a sign, which they should have done. Yeah. Um. But they could do a thing where they say like, "Hey, all of our cards are behind the counter. You have to ask because we have a this many per customer limit." Um. Yada 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 yada. Yeah, and like I remember when I first started collecting cards back in the uh, late nineties. Mm-hmm. They had the cards behind glass uh, things, and you had oh, to yeah. go up to find someone, and they had to unlock it for you. Yeah, no. I as a kid, I never, I never had my hands on cards that I hadn't already committed to buying because they were always behind a counter or in a cabinet mm-hmm. or something like that. Like the the there was a store called the Hobby Shop, like down the block from me, and they had all kinds of stuff in there, and a lot of it was very expensive and very cool and whatnot. But those Pokemon cards, those were behind the those were behind the counter. <laughs> yep for sure yep i remember that too there was another uh baseball card shop that started selling them and they were doing the same thing yep yep but yeah uh so then uh my friend mike he then uh, said that they straight up hounded the card lady uh, i guess the uh uh the people there trying to buy cards and that then i guess they yelled at them uh i'm assuming target yelled at the people that were looking and they said, move or get in line, no cutting. Uh, he says, It sounds like a customer thing to do. Like, the customers did that or the, the employees did I'm that? I'm not 100% sure how uh, I'd have to ask him. But he said that he. Sounds like customers. Yeah. I want to I, I give the target workers the benefit of the yeah. doubt, right? Although he did tell me that he did get hounded himself. So, gotcha. For trying to buy cards 
because he didn't know that there was a wait list because probably there was no sign, mm. which I have yeah. to ask is like, what happens if like this little kid wants to buy a pack of cards and they're like, no, sorry, you can't. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, they just need to be, and this goes for anything. This isn't specific to Pokemon cards or target or whomever, but like you just got to be open in the communication. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's why the best strategy, I, I think the waitlist strategy is a bad idea. I think the best strategy is just to limit how many cards you know, a, a particular customer can buy kind of like when they were really popular when we were like, mm-hmm. I remember that being a thing. You can only buy so many at a time, um, depending on the store and the demand like that hobby shop wasn't going to sell me a whole box. They only had a couple boxes. Yeah, you know? it's a small store. Um, that's the best way to do it so that a kid could come up and say, I want to get some Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. And it's not a wait list. It's just a matter of do we have them or do we not? And a kid's going to fully understand like, hey, you know, these are really popular. So you can only get you know, one starter starter deck if you wanted that, or you could get three booster packs if you wanted that, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so, so, yeah, it's just a management thing. Yeah, and he told me he uh, had an easier time buying a PS5. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. If this keeps happening, like the people who are and there's look, it's not it's not the it's not like the fault of people who are just doing something that is entertainment like it might be the cause, but like we shouldn't be mad at people streaming. Yeah. But I do think if if what people, the people who are buying up cards to sell cards because they are more popular or harder to find, mm-hmm. I think have to realize that like if this goes on long enough, they're just going to make more cards. Yeah. And your job as a reseller is going to become less lucrative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you? I can't stop you. Yeah. But it's not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> So I had told him, I was like, hey, uh, my local comic shop sells cards for a lot cheaper than what a lot of the bigger stores sell them for. Normally, they sell card, packs of cards for like $3.50. Uh, apparently, they upped the price to like $4, which is still totally fine. Um, still cheaper than a lot of stores where they'll sell them for like $4.99, which is ridiculous. But yeah, um, so I was able to help him out. I bought him like $20 worth of cards, and I was able to ship them out to him. So nice. yeah. don't message us asking for cards. We're not going to do that for everybody. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have to like you to <laughs> be able to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to like you besides my comic shop. When I went, like I had uh, my friend who works there, I was like, Hey, can you send me a picture of what you guys got in stock for Pokemon cards? Just to make sure that yep. they had something. And so he sent it to me. I was like, cool. I went there and already like half the stock was already gone by the time I got there. Yeah, that's wild. It's so wild. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 I, it, I'm not. My surprise isn't at the fact that Pokemon cards are popular. Of course, they're popular. Yeah. You know, like it might ebb and flow, but they're always popular. It's just, it's so weird to me that like the spike has happened in such a drastic way. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I can't wait to be on the other side of it because, like I said, it's not sustainable. It won't last long. Right. Um, and eventually, you know. By the end of this year, we'll be able to just walk up and get Pokemon cards again. I feel confident. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like it's that unsustainable. Yeah. So, but yeah, weird stuff, weird stuff. Um, feel free to, don't ask us for cards, but feel free to send us pictures of your empty shelves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not empty shelves, if you want to brag I, about how you're, you're fully stocked. That's cool, too. <laughs> I tell you what, um, I'm going to do a quick little contest. Okay. Just just popped my head. I'm going to do it. So Giveaway contest alert. Yeah. So send us a picture of your of the stock at your store, uh, whether it's empty or not. 
and uh, I'll pick one winner, and they'll get uh, one pack of cards. Cool. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, you heard it here. And you, you have, you know what? You have to have listened to this episode. Exactly. So Luke is probably <laughs> going to be the only one to win. <laughs> our singular, our singular listener. You say? Yeah, yeah. Because we haven't gotten show notes in a while, so I don't know. <laughs> Not throwing shade. All right. Well, do you want to dive into these, uh, these Pokemon Journeys episodes? Yeah, I haven't watched them in two months. <laughs> Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've in been- true form. <laughs> I watched them all within the past 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kyle watched them eight years ago. So uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Although, like, as I'm reading your descriptions, which, by the way, you do an amazing job, by the way. Well, I, I assumed uh, that you did not watch them in the past 24 hours. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I got a little bit of notes here. But what we're talking about today is Pokemon Journeys. We're continuing our, our six episodes at a time discussion here. This is part three, uh, episodes seven through 12. So it's the second half of part three. And once we are done recording this episode, we're caught up on what's available, just as we are expecting a new batch to drop, you know, relatively soon. So mm-hmm. we are finishing up what's available at the time of recording, which overall would be episodes 31 through 36. And I think this batch is a fun batch. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a batch that is super duper overarchingly plot heavy. Like it doesn't one like the, the first one. Yeah, no, it definitely moves things forward. Um, but like in comparison to like the first six episodes or the, even the second six episodes, you know what I mean? Like they're sort of in their stride now. And now they're sort of just telling individual stories um, to build up characters, to add more Pokemon to the rosters, um, to meet new people and go places. You know, this series promised that it was going to go places, and it is. So a lot of, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of better episodes individually in this batch than the last batch, mm-hmm. um, even though it doesn't necessarily push plot super, super hard. Um, so interesting. I kind of like doing them in batches because then it feels like we can sort of each batch is like its own characteristic thing. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, episode 31. This is the one with Ginny, Phoebe the Feebass, and the Cuteness Contest. And in this one, uh, when Team Rocket attacks the contest, which we can explain in a second, uh, the Phoebe the Feebass ends up evolving, and she and her trainer Ginny save the day on live television. I love this episode. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really straightforward, cute, and fun. Like, yeah. this is what I want from Pokemon. But this episode also kind of reiterates what you and I have always said, that every Pokemon is someone's favorite. So this little yeah. girl loves Feebas, and there's a bunch of people making fun of her for it. And I love how uh, this little girl just loves a Feebas, and I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I think I think this episode is exactly the type of episode i would point to if somebody complained about quote filler you know what i mean it's like no this isn't a filler episode it has like a really important sort of valuable lesson that is applicable to kids who are watching the show and it doesn't it does it's not heavy-handed but like you said it's about a girl whose favorite pokemon is one that other people make fun of and everybody has felt that before so i love this i thought it was really cool even though it's it's very sort of like simple in its in its concept. I feel like it's really hard hitting in its overall sort of like vibe and value. 
And you know, Seabass is cool. I, I was I was there with Ginny. I felt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you were uh, you know, well, I guess you watched this before your trauma with Feebass, but um, <laughs> hopefully it's not too traumatic to talk about it now. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I'm well over it since the challenge is done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the one thing I would I would point out about this, if for some reason you didn't watch these these episodes but are listening to his talk, they do this cuteness contest, which isn't exactly the same as what you might expect in the game from a contest or even from the show when they featured that heavily. Um, this is similar to that, and they they almost reference um, like specifics from those contests. Mm-hmm. But this one is specifically like a friendship contest with a focus on cuteness and swimming. So it's all water Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of trainers doing kind of like almost like if you went to SeaWorld, um, but with less cruelty. Um, yeah, and like doing tricks and stuff with their Pokemon. It's very cute. I like it. I thought it was fun in like a little pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they also have to teach her how to swim? Yeah, yeah. So she was she was like nervous because she was excited to do the contest and then learned that she had to swim with her Feebas. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, hey, she's a quick learner mm-hmm. because she didn't just learn to swim. She was doing like tricks and stuff. Yeah. So good for her. <laughs> what was the – there was one trainer. I don't remember what the Pokemon was. I wish I could remember. It might have been like a Sea King or something. But they literally did like the the Orca Shamu thing where like the trainer was basically got like launched into the air by their Pokemon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is pretty cool. That Thumbs up for me on that one. Yes, definitely. So epith- episode, episode 32. This is the one about Go's friend Horus or it involves Go's friend Horus. And their search for Mew and Celebi. And this one is told almost entirely via a flashback. So it starts in the present day with Go and his parents going on vacation to, I think, Azalea Town. And because they've been there before, Go has a flashback. And through the flashback, we learn why Go is sort of awkward and struggles to make friends and like trust other kids and stuff. It kind of gives us... Uh, some reasons for why he's a bit more of a loner character. Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode, I just want to say, like, I didn't catch that it was a flashback at first. So I thought this was all happening real time. <laughs> yeah, no, it. I uh, I missed the beat initially where it flashed back. Yeah. And I was like, why does he look so young? Do they always look so young? And then because I asked myself that question, I was like, this is probably not in the present day is it <laughs> See, i didn't even realize until like later in the episode when they go back and i'm like wait why would they go back and, and that's when it kind of started clicking into my head this is this one feels very it feels very uh what was it the celebi movie mm-hmm. <laughs> it has some of those vibes to it which makes sense because celebi is sort of involved so um two questions but, for you yeah. about this episode sure horace now uh-huh. when he disappeared yeah. Did you think maybe he got uh he time traveled with Celebi? Fully. A hundred percent I thought that. And yep. I was actually a little bit bummed. And, and I guess they don't disprove that. Uh well no, they kinda do. I guess if we're to trust Horace, and this isn't the type of show that would, would pull tricks on us, 
I really, I fully thought that was the case. I thought he time traveled. I thought he was there early or something and yeah. time traveled with Celebi. But then, you know, you learn at the end of the episode that Horace just got sick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so like I thought maybe, oh, because when he found the note, I'm like, oh, that's a note. It's going to be Horace uh, from like 60 years ago or something. And I thought too, I was like, oh, this note's going to be so old. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, oh, this is so depressing. I can't believe they're going to do this. And they didn't. And I'm like, oh, that's even more depressing that they didn't do it. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, it's sad outside of the universe that they didn't do it. Uh, but it would have been like devastating in a cool way. Yeah. If they had done it in universe, you know, because it would have had, it would have had some of the same vibes. Or, you know, they wouldn't have been afraid to do that. I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, they literally they gave us the the Litten arc in uh, in Sun and Moon, which was devastating. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't have even been as devastating as that. So I don't know why they didn't do it. And they've already done uh, a time travel episode with Celebi, um, uh, back in uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Right. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. We got to see Young Kakui. Yeah. So that, I mean, my answer to your first question is like, yes, absolutely. I thought that <laughs> and, and was also disappointed that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sweet. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Oh, no, totally. I feel like I bet I would bet most people probably thought that's what happened. Yeah. And then my second question for you is, do you think we'll see Horace again? Um, it's so hard to say with this show. I would say of the characters we have met, Horace's motivation is most closely linked to one of our main characters motivation Mm -hmm. so if i had to bet i would say yes i think we'll see horace again yeah but probably not for a long time yeah because he didn't feel like a side character to me you know oh definitely not him and the shiny hunter we saw last couple of episodes like a maybe like 12 episodes ago yeah i would like to see him again too yeah those two i feel like need to come back yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they are seeding some more interesting characters along the way that we will eventually see like deep into the journey series mm-hmm. so that they're familiar to us. But but you still have that sense of like, oh, my gosh, that's right. Like you're from way back when mm-hmm. that would be really cool. Overall, though, like I don't have a ton to say about this one either than what you already brought up, because I was actually surprised when it was over. I felt like it went by really fast because it does it focuses on one thing. Like there's no B plot. There's no side story. There's no, like it is all just this one flashback. So mm-hmm. uh, very straightforward. Cool that it's totally about go. Um, yeah. I like that. This sh- I'm, I'm not surprised because we've talked about this before. Go is very much as much a main character, if not probably a little bit more of a main character still mm-hmm. than Ash. So cool to see a go focused episode. Yeah. I give that a thumbs up. Probably not as strong of a thumbs up as the one before it, but um, still liked it. Yeah. This next one, episode 33. This one, we meet Krikatina Kylie, the bug type queen of Sinnoh, who I will say right off the bat, I don't think we'll see again. No. <laughs> I think she's a little too over the top to see again, uh, but I thought she was fun. She's like a kooky sort of cricketune cosplaying mm-hmm. bug enthusiast uh and i like bug trainers just because i don't know there's i i feel like bug type pokemon are creepy crawlies and so it's like fun when people are like really passionate about them. i mean isn't one of our mascots a bug type pokemon yeah absolutely <laughs> and it is heavily featured in this episode yeah <laughs> 
this episode heavily features Pincer and Heracross, and it does so because they're. Do you remember where they go for this? It might be. It might just be in their city, but I think they go somewhere. I don't. It doesn't matter too much. I think it's the forest. They're somewhere in Kanto or Johto. I think it's Kanto, the forest where he caught all the uh, bug. Po- uh. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's uh, thank Cause... you. I was like, I know that we knew, but you're right. He it's it has to be Kanto because it's where he caught his pincer. Yep. Um. So yeah, they they go to Kanto for like this big trading convention, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is always a funny thing in the show to me. Uh, trading is such a, a a big element of Pokemon the games, but it cracks me up in the show because it's like the show stresses how much your Pokemon's connection means to you and how it's all about friendship and like this deep soul connection. And then <laughs> anytime they acknowledge trading, it's like, boop, we're going to reprogram you and now you're this person's friend. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so weird i think that's probably why they do it very sparingly mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah the the whole thing is that they run into this girl cricketina kylie and she proposes trading her hair across for go's pincer and go is like uh you know i was excited to come here and trade pokemon but i only have one pincer and i kind of like it so maybe not what if we what if we just help you catch one? <laughs> I wonder if he went hoping to get a beautifly and trading his dust stocks. That's what I was thinking because I was like, I was like, I don't know why Go would want to trade anything, and then remembered, oh wait, he has three dust stocks. That would be the perfect thing for him to trade. Exactly. He's like, I only got one pincer, and I'm like, okay, then why did you show up to this? You only have one Pokemon that's got duplicates. <laughs> I get it from the perspective of like excited kid wants to see something he's never seen before and then like gets cold feet right but it's it's weird because he does have pokemon right there that he could trade because he has multiples Mm -hmm. but i mean i do like i do like that one of our main characters because this universe is the way that it is is like hesitant to just trade away one of his friends like i do like that kind of like in the original trading episode where ash is really excited to trade and then is like wait why did i do that mm-hmm. i don't want to do that mm-hmm. it's weird it, it like kind of undercuts the whole trading element but in the show it makes more sense for main characters to be hesitant yeah, about it i think the only time a main character ever traded a pokemon uh other than uh, well because ash and dawn traded he traded his apom for her buizel <laughs> but also but they were also still traveling together. So it's not like he lost that Pokemon. He's still traveling yeah. with it. But he, uh, Jesse did trade her Lickitung for a Wobbuffet. Mm. So. Oh, I forgot to, I forgot to rewatch that to see how, how intentional that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me ask you a question. Okay. Would you trade your Farfetch'd for a Spiro? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> I'd trade a Spiro for a Farfetch'd. I, oh yeah, one person definitely won in that trade. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, uh, that's an NPC <laughs> trade in uh, uh, red, blue, and yellow. Yeah, but you you you're the winner. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, but that's a cool reference. That's a good point. That's like a fun reference that the the show is making. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's fine. <laughs> I don't remember if we saw any other trades. That's just the one that like was heavily featured. Anything? Well, I guess I don't know. Heracross is in this. I feel like 
there should be more to say. It's just cool to did see Heracross. Have, like, multiple Heracrosses or something like that? She did, but we didn't know that until the end. Yeah. So, like, she was going to trade something she had a bunch of, which is smart, for something that he only had one of. So it ends up being okay in the end. And you're like, oh, who? Okay, good. Like, he made a good choice. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't he end up catching the pincer? Yeah, so his pincer, did we know this before? I don't remember this. His pincer is, like, really bashful and has, like, a really strong personality, but, like, in a sort of, like, cute, bashful way. Um, So it's constantly, like, hiding or, like, it's watery eyes, like, watching Pokemon do cool stuff. I don't think so. So, like, it watches Aerocross do cool things and is like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, almost, I don't know, I don't know what we know about pincer, but, like, at certain points, it almost is like Pinsir has a crush on Heracross mm-hmm. um, or is like kind of has goo goo eyes for for Heracross. So Go ends up catching a second Pinsir and trading that one for Heracross. And then we learn that she has a bunch of Heracross, none of which are female. I was so bummed. I couldn't wait to see one of the heart horns. Yeah, I got to say Pinsir and Heracross. I would love to get a Mega Construct set of those two. That would be such a good set. Yeah. Like, that'd be such a strongly themed set. Yeah, I'm just looking up, I'm like, that'd be awesome. Because I already have Scyther, so give me the Heracross and Pinsir. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. <sighs> I like big bugs. I like big bug Pokemon. I like big bugs, and I cannot lie. <laughs> hey, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so happy for a Heracross episode. Mm-hmm. And her Heracross was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain that we will see the Heracross pincer pairing plenty moving forward. Oh, I'm sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if Scyther came in there once or twice. Yeah. Big bug, big bug gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Team Rocket's in this one, but who cares? They don't really do anything other than eat the nectar that she puts out for pincer. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wait they're like obsessed with the nectar wasn't this also the return of uh one of the pokemon that we saw in a previous episode like didn't one another pokemon return with them uh like ate all their f- oh that's right okay that's a good point that's that's worth mentioning yeah more peko thank you Ooh, i'm i'm getting used to ugh, it's taken me a while to get used to calling it that because i've been calling it more pico as i think most people did yeah um but they call it more peko so i'm trying to be good uh yeah, so that one that one returns a little bit, which you know we knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but still not super heavily featured, and they're still not friends with it. So yeah, we'll see if they ever ever do become friendly with it. I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> I think it's just gonna be kind of like their new uh lurking Pokemon, their new beware basically, yeah. but less aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are Team Rocket is portrayed as very like down on their luck constantly. Like the whole reason they're eating the nectar is because they can't afford food. And so Morpeko comes in and like eats all their like eats food they want to eat. Um and that's sort of the dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna see a lot of that considering Morpeko's thing is eating. Yeah. Uh I thought the next one was pretty cool. Was. This is probably my favorite episode of the bunch. Actually, it's definitely my favorite episode of the bunch. Yes. For a number of reasons, actually. Yes. Um, I was waiting for this episode to happen. Yeah. I knew that. So, okay. This is episode 34. This is the one where they go to Saffron City to go to the fighting dojo, which 
you can tell is is motivated by Go because Go is trying to decide between choosing a Hitmonlee or a Hitmonchan. That's what he's doing yeah. for most of the episode. Which I found to be hilarious. I love that. I thought it was yeah. so fun. When they when they showed the dojo and they showed like an army of Hitmonchan and like a huge number of Hitmonlee, I was like, this is weird. But then when they showed, like when they said that they were there so that Go could pick, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Of course he's not giving away like, his partners they clearly just raise them there (laughs) wait there's there's a bunch like it it was actually a cool way of depicting that wait until go learns about breeding oh my gosh i know and then unstoppable he'll be able to get the tyrogue and the other hitmon and uh hitmon top i'm still surprised i don't know if you are or not i'm still surprised they've not done another hitmon they don't need to. Like it's pretty balanced at this point, mm-hmm. but I am kind of surprised they haven't. I well, I like that it's based off the attack and defense, but I'd like to yeah. see one that's kind of speed. Speed would be cool. I also think special would be cool. Cuz you can make an argument for Hitmon top being speed. Yeah. Just because of how fast it can spin and whatnot and because But it, yeah. Since that's not its stat, you could exactly. do something even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like to see that. And I think you could do cool stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're all fighters, but you could do something cool with, you know, a fighter that's, you know, speed based, I think would be really or really HP dope. based. Oh, my gosh, that would be awesome. Because even though even though one of them is, you know, a defensive stat type thing, imagine the HP one basically just being like, almost like your chancy, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, oh, dang, like, yeah, I think there's still a lot of potential. Even though they don't need to, I think there's a lot of potential for them to do oh, yeah. more cool stuff. And I bet you that there are prototypes just floating around Pokemon headquarters or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure they've thought of it. But, you know, the more I think about all the Pokemon we will never get to see, the sadder I get. So I'm going to move on from that <laughs> thought. <laughs> but I did think it was really cool that they go here so that Go can choose Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. But as cool as that is, that's not like the feature of the episode. Yeah. The feature of the episode is that Ash meets B, the fighting gym leader from Galar, Mm -hmm. and they battle, and spoiler alert, it doesn't go well. (laughs) Ash has his hiney handed to him. And and I expected that because he is so cocky in this episode. Yes. And Um, he's he's bragging about how he hasn't lost ever. And he (laughs) had been bragging for some time, too. Yeah. So, like, my wife and I were watching this, and I look at her, I'm like, I want Ash to lose. She goes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he needs to be, you know, taking a step down and just kind of reevaluate and realize, hey you're not the greatest like you keep thinking you are. Yes, you've been on a huge winning streak, but there are other trainers out there who are better than you. Yeah, this this episode very straightforwardly takes him from like confident Pokemon battle enthusiast to like just cocky jerk. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately humbles him. And you're right, at this point you're almost kind of almost rooting against him because he's being such a turd. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's also good because it ends up creating sort of a character develop moment for Ash, uh, which in this particular series is good because Ash hasn't gotten a ton of character development to this point. 
Um, he's just sort of been that confident battle enthusiast who's typically helping go grow or learn. Mm-hmm. So it's cool for him to learn a lesson. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I mean, and it was a good battle too. Like it's not even like, there's so much in this episode to enjoy between like the theme, the reason they're there, Mm -hmm. the sort of nostalgic throwback setting and a good battle where Ash learns a lesson. Isn't he also like teaching Riolu or something? Yeah. So, so we've seen him really focus on Riolu. We saw this a lot in the episode where, which I didn't love this episode, but we saw this a lot in the one where Pikachu runs away because Ash is focusing too much on Riolu. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do like is that they don't end it there. Like Ash and Riolu are, it, it's almost like his secondary partner at this point. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, um, go is getting, has two of the three starters. Mm-hmm. So Ash's sort of secondary partner here is Riolu and he wants to battle her because he's confident he can win. He chooses Riolu because he's training Riolu. It also makes sense to use Riolu in a fighting gym, um, if only to, you know, get Riolu pumped for that. <laughs> yeah, and he ends up also using his new Farfetch'd, correct? Yes! So, I just want to point out, like, I feel like he could have done a better job had he used, like, Gengar or Dragonite <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, one thing Ash still isn't doing in Pokemon Journeys that he has historically not done in pretty much every series most of the time is completely ignore typing matchups. Not even, um, not even typing matchups. Really enjoy advantageous, you know, situations. Yeah, but- completely, you know, make <laughs> like not strategic move he's not strategic you know what i, I mean know, like but you was like i'm at a fighting gym so i want to use fighting pokemon which i do get yeah. like in universe but yeah i get that just too. kind of a dummy sometimes but the fact that he just doesn't go hey i got two a lot stronger pokemon that are fully evolved yeah let me use these two instead <laughs> i'm just like well it's uh, it's a thing we never see in the show that everybody does in the game which is train one Pokemon that is weaker with a strong Pokemon on reserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd like ever see that happen, but this is exactly what I would do in the game is like, Oh, I have this new Riolu that I need to train. Let's put him out first. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can't hack it, then what's up Dragonite? You know what I mean? But I get it from a storytelling perspective, Mm -hmm. but you're, I mean, you're right. It's, it's funny to watch him because he's just always making these choices where you're like, Bro, you like, you're really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the story wouldn't have worked that way, but you're you're 100 right. If only because it's frustrating for him to ignore Gengar and Dragonite. Mm-hmm. Especially because I'm confident we'll see them later in like important battles. Yeah. So, uh, which one did he end? Up, uh, which Pokemon did Go end up picking? I can't remember. So Go ends up choosing Hitmonchan. Okay. And then he says. At one point, uh, I, this is probably before he actually chooses, but it might have been right when he chose. He was like, and Ash, you can get Lee and then trade it to me, which I thought was a fun continuity thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, now that he's traded a Pokemon. Ash does not walk away from the Saffron Fighting Dojo with a Hitmonchan or a Hitmonlee, uh, which I guess you can just chalk up to the fact that he didn't fight the actual Dojo leader. He was probably just like, yeah, I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and again, continuity, like, he, this, this loss to B 
um, which I, I want to describe in a second because it's it how he lost is actually really important for two episodes from now. Um, but this loss that he he took to be really shakes him. Like it doesn't just humble him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't learn the lesson in this episode. It like sets up the lesson for the future, which I think is really cool and good storytelling. Good job, Pokemon Journeys. Now, I'm trying to remember uh, when he was fighting up against her, uh, Halucha. Yeah. Doesn't he go, doesn't he say something like, hey, look out for this move or something like that? So I was looking for this too. What he says is careful when it's in midair. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Cause Which is uh, knows... an allusion to the episode where he's training his Halucha. Yes, because he had one. And so um, he knows that if Halucha's up in the air, it can use flying press. And that is a huge move, especially up against fighting type Pokemon, because flying press, I think as of right now, is still the only dual type move. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's weird that it even is. It's you know? a flying fighting type. That's so strange. I wonder if that's a thing. Eh, I feel like that's a dangerous place to get. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they did more of those, if only as signature moves. You know what? That's it should just be sig- they should do that with signature moves. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. As of right now, flying press can only be used, I believe, by Halucha and uh Libra Pikachu and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Which, you know, that's fair. That's an exception. Yeah. <laughs> um so... very specific. <laughs> Yeah, I uh yeah, I I was looking for that too cuz I was I was expecting him to say something to the effect of uh just not again, not specific cuz the show won't fully go there. Um but I was expecting something, probably a little more than that, but I I definitely noticed that. Cuz I was like, "Hey, he <laughs> he spent a lot of time with Halucha. He knows how this thing fights." <laughs> Okay, so reading about it right now. Despite being a fighting type move, the damage dealt is actually a combination of fighting and flying types, and thus its effectiveness against the given Pokemon differs from other fighting type moves. And I think that's cool. I think that's cool. However, for all other purposes, it is a fighting type move. Only fighting type Pokemon can receive the same type attack bonus on flying press. It is unaffected by items like the Sky Plate and Flying Gem, and it will not activate the target's Koba uh, Berry. So, while yes, it's part flying type, it won't get like a boost from the Sky Plater or Flying Gem. That makes sense. I I would still like to see more moves, especially signature moves, with similar, even if it's sort of pseudo dual typing. Uh, just that I I just think it's a cool cool way to go about it. And maybe there are. I'm I'm not. I don't know all the moves. That's not. It's not why I play Pokemon. Yeah. So it's super effective on <laughs> so, normal. Feel free to at me. I, it's whatever. Yeah. So it's super effective on normal grass, ice, fighting, and dark. And there you go. And Ash was using the Riolu. So. Yep. Or sorry, Farfetch'd. Yeah. Which I believe Galarian Farfetch is a fighting type. Yes. Yes, it is. So we get Farfetch versus Hawlucha, and he loses. Mm-hmm. And then we get Riolu versus Grappelocked, and he loses. So he actually he loses both matches in in the in their battle, which is pretty significant because typically you would expect Ash maybe to lose a Pokemon or a match, but win overall. But he doesn't. He gets his butt handed to him like like uh, straightforwardly. Like he loses and he loses hard. And what's really significant about the Riolu versus Grappelocked battle is that Riolu, like you said, is the Pokemon that he's been training, like, very heavily. And Grappelocked 
the way that he deals the finishing blow Mm -hmm. is by grabbing Riolu with some of his tentacles. And then I thought this was actually like surprisingly graphic for Pokemon. (laughs) Obviously it's Pokemon, so it's not actually graphic, but like as an adult, you kind of can like put the pieces together. Uh, He, he grabs him with his tentacles and then raises one tentacle tentacle to like Riolu's face Mm -hmm. and, and basically like, does a direct attack like to Riolu's head and just like, that's it. That's the battle. Riolu is like totally done for couldn't do anything about it and took a direct attack to the face. Mm. Um, and it's worth noting because that stays that particular interaction stays with Riolu and stays with Ash even more like watching it happen to his Riolu more than getting beaten. I think that's the thing that really messes with Ash like he he's messed up and humbled by getting beaten, but watching his Riolu totally helpless and take like a direct attack to the face is what will impact him moving forward in battles that we will see shortly. Yeah, <laughs> it's again smart storytelling, really really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So this this drops him. It doesn't drop him into the next tier just yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's your foreshadowing. Yeah, but it does drop him for the first time since he entered the the cup. Yeah. Next one, I feel like, is something they do almost every time that they have a new generation. Sure. Could just to explain to, like, new viewers why Ash never evolves as Pikachu. Yeah, that makes sense. That that does make sense. Um, because this is exactly what you're referencing, is a will Pikachu or won't Pikachu evolve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he won't, <Yeah. laughs> even though they try to, they try to trick you. Yeah, and, like, Ash... Uh, tries to explain to them why he doesn't why Pikachu doesn't want to evolve and isn't there like a whole thing where like a poke like a Pikachu evolves and then like it's behind a rock and you think it's Ash's Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so what happens is at the beginning of the episode, Go sees Ash and Pikachu and he's like, you know what? Their bond is so strong. I want a Pikachu too. Yeah. And Ash is like, oh, excuse me? Like this is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> So they go to, coincidentally, there happens to be uh, like this this Pikachu gathering. Um, and so they go to this Pikachu gathering. And at the gathering, they they realize that what the Pikachu are doing is digging for Thunderstones mm-hmm. and evolving themselves with the Thunderstones, which is actually kind of wild to think about. Like Pokemon just doing that on their own naturally. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's cool wild, to see. Because like in the anime, you see wild executor, wild... Ninetales, yeah. wow! All these Pokemon that usually evolve with stone—you're like, how? Well, and if these are all naturally, uh, like naturally occurring substances and elements, yeah, it makes sense. They might do it on purpose. They might do it accidentally. I mean, we know that Clefairy uh, evolved themselves with a Moonstone, and we've known that for like twenty years. You know, yeah, so um, it makes sense, and it's a cool way to carry that that concept through. Um, but you're right—they do a fake out, and it happens because um, Go ends up catching this female Pikachu that loves giving people gifts. And so the female Pikachu grabs a Thunderstone and tries to give it to Pikachu as a gift. But if Pikachu touches the Thunderstone, he'll evolve. And so she chases him around with this Thunderstone. And I was like, actually kind of nervous. Not that I thought it was actually going to evolve, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like, Ash is probably freaking out right now because Mm -hmm. his Pikachu is getting chased with a Thunderstone and doesn't want to evolve like that would be awful that would be really terrible yeah. um and the way that they finish that is like 
she chases Pikachu behind a rock and then they see the evolving effect and a male Raichu, I was, I was watching for it. Mm-hmm. A male Raichu jumps onto the rock and is like, Hey, and Ash and go are like, Oh no. <laughs> and then Ash's Pikachu jumps out from behind the rock. So cute little fake out. Mm-hmm. I, I really like Ash's or not, not Ash's. I mean, I like Ash's Pikachu just fine, but I really like Go's Pikachu and I get why by the end of the episode Go's Pikachu is evolved because they probably don't want to Pikachu yeah. there for very long. But I would have liked to see Go's Pikachu for like a couple more episodes because I thought she's really cute mm-hmm. and had like a cute personality. But I get it. I get it. Did you survive this episode okay? It was all right. <laughs> I do think that the the overall story was like kind of whatever, because uh, it's a gathering of Pikachu, and so Team Rocket's going to show up, and they're going to try to steal all the Pikachu. Yeah, this episode reminded me a lot of when they went to the Pikachu Valley in Sun and Moon. Yeah, so it, was... it, it reminds it's it's yeah it like you said every every iteration we see something like this. Yeah, and I was just like, and I'm bored with this episode. Okay. But I do think the highlight, and I don't know if you agree, but I do think the highlight is Go's Pikachu. Like, I thought she was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he evolved her, I hope that she still has some of that personality. I know sometimes in the show, like, in significant ways, like, the Pokemon's personality will change. But I think in this case, she has such a fun personality that hopefully they'll just keep her that way. Yeah. I wonder when he's going to get an Alolan Raichu. And I wonder if they're going to be besties. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for them to go to alola so they can get some of the alolan pokemon i know me too i just can't wait to see alola again Mm -hmm. it's so i know it's coming up soon i can tell you that much (laughs) and getting to see alola through go's eyes i think will be really fun too yeah so that'll be fun so yeah this is i'm not this episode was fine not my favorite one uh but you know goes pikachu slash now raichu is uh, a highlight for me and then we have one more yeah uh kind of a it's in some ways it's a cool one to end this batch on in other ways it's kind of like eh, yeah to end a batch on because the the sort of main plot of this one i didn't really care about but the character development in this one i did care a lot about so i'm of two minds of it uh i don't know if you feel similarly uh, i liked it just because the main pokemon's kind of one of my favorites Sure. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. That's the cool thing about Pokemon is, like, it's always going to feature a Pokemon. So no matter what, like, just like with every Pokemon being someone's favorite, mm-hmm. every episode's going to resonate with somebody just because they all feature different Pokemon. So that makes sense to me. Actually, I had two of my favorites. Yeah, so this one, this is the one where Ash and Go stop a, for lack of a better term, a singing sandstorm in Mauville caused by, we learn eventually, a Flygon. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they show up. There's this, like, big, huge sandstorm, but, like, kind of a tornado almost. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know what? Let's go inside that thing and investigate, which, all right, y'all do you. <laughs> I wouldn't have touched it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are heroes, so why not? We do get, like, a fun little gag where they uh, they put on, like, these sand goggles so that they're not getting the sandstorm in their eyes. And Sobble keeps showing up invisible, yeah. but with the sand goggles. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, they're like, uh, please let that be you, Sobble, <laughs> and not like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, if they keep that as a running joke, I will love it. Because 
I love the idea that Sobble is like unintentionally scaring the crap out of them because it goes invisible. Mm-hmm. Same. So that's sort of like the main plot is that they are investigating. This, this felt very old school to me. Them showing up to a town with some sort of like very big, like pretty much disaster thing happening. And them just being like, we'll stop this. Um, and like, let's figure out what the problem is. But th- what I think is very cool in the context of Pokemon Journeys is that we get the lesson now for Ash Ketchum from two episodes ago mm-hmm. about coping with his loss to be. Um, and that to me is really, really cool and kind of a cool stopping point for this batch. Yeah. Unfortunately, we get that, I think, like maybe a little earlier than I would have liked. I think, but I don't know. I don't know how you would organize this episode differently. So I guess I can't even really say that. But the reason I highlighted the way that uh, that Grappolock beat Riolu is because Ash continues to lose battles in this episode. Like he's on a losing streak now, mm-hmm. one that takes him down a tier into normal instead of great. And each trainer he battles uses a Pokemon with tentacles and all of them eventually grab Riolu with their tentacles Mm -hmm. and defeat it with a direct blast. Yeah. And the reason this keeps happening isn't because they have tentacles. It's because Ash is changing his strategy with Riolu in order to avoid this. So he's trying to make Riolu do things that they have not trained Riolu to do and that they have not practiced. And it's confusing Riolu and it's, it's making Ash battle scared, which mm-hmm. Ash typically doesn't do. And so by trying to avoid that situation, he's just endangering Riolu and putting him in the exact same situation over and over, which I thought was really, really clever. Yeah, I agree. It was hard to see, though, over and over, because I like Riolu. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say it was kind of nice to see an artillery. I know. Oh, let me tell you this much. I, as much as they're being pitted as like, uh, not, they're not villains or bad guys or anything, mm-hmm. but they're, they keep, you know, destroying Riolu. Not going to lie. Love seeing Graplock, love seeing Octillery. Tentacruel's fine. It's not, it's not an arthropod or whatever, yeah. but, um, but I, I do love seeing all these little octopus tentacle squiddy, uh, Pokemon. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. Octillery is another one that I wouldn't mind evolving, I think. But it doesn't need to. It's perfect as it is. Mm-hmm. So unless you got something real cool up your sleeve, you know. Mm. But I love that. Octillery was one of my favorites in, in Gen 2, for sure. Still one of my favorites. But oh, yeah. in Gen 2, it was like real, real high. Mm-hmm. We get an Octazooka <laughs> uh, reference, which is one of the best named attacks of all time. <laughs> I don't know. What else about this episode? Ah. Uh... I'm trying to remember. I think you pretty much hit all the highlights. I mean, between uh, Sobble being a ghost and... Uh... <laughs> I love Sobble. Yeah. And isn't it like uh, they... And Go catches like all three forms of the Flygon. He gets uh, the trap Inch, mm-hmm. the Vibrava, the Flygon. And uh, so... That's how... The, I mean, that's like how they save the day. Like, and each each Pokemon they encounter, they figure is like the cause. So like first they find the trap Inch mm-hmm. and he catches it pretty easily and they're like oh shoot that didn't stop it um then they find the the vibrava Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know why i'm struggling to say that vibrava uh catch that and they're like oh well that wasn't it either Mm -hmm. and then they find the the uh flygons quote singing yeah ash has or not ash go actually has to battle that one too right 
Uh, Does he battle it, or what do they do? He can't catch it right away. He has to do something. Don't they do a raid battle or something with it? Oh, that's right. They battle it together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they team up. And I think, uh, I don't remember who, Ash might even use, why don't I remember this? I like just watched it, but I mean, I guess that's just a testament to like which part of the episode I cared more about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. Yeah, they raid battled that one, technically. So cool stuff. Good batch of episodes. Yeah. Only one that I thought was sort of subpar. Yeah. Uh, would you say it's the bug episode? No, I think the Pikachu episode was probably the one I would say was sort of subpar, okay. if only because it felt so repetitive. Yeah. Uh, but it still had, it's not all bad because I really liked the, I liked Ghost Pikachu a lot. I think she's dope. Yeah. Uh, I'd say like out of all six, like they're all really good episodes to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'd say out of all of them, I think my favorite Besides 34, just because that kind of progresses story, um, yeah. I would say 32. 32. 32 is just a cool episode. Yeah. It's the type of episode that I'm really happy they're willing to do now mm-hmm. because Ash Ketchum is the main protagonist of the show and has been for 20-some years. I don't even think he was in the episode at all, was he? No, he was not. He He didn't appear even a little bit unless... Unless he appeared like when Go was reflecting on friends, but I don't think Ash is in it at all. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also this batch is a lot of episodes that could stand on their own, with the exception, obviously, of the fighting dojo and the lesson that's learned two episodes later. For the most part, despite the fact that like Go catches things and you could technically track it that way, um, it's just a lot of like good, solid standalone episodes. And I think I think you're right. The flashback one is a highlight from sort of a a cool, innovative, not innovative, but like different for Pokemon sort of storytelling and sort of theoretically risky for a property that tends to be a little bit safer. Mm -hmm. And then the story progression stuff is really good too. Yeah, I agree. And we got Heracross. Yeah. Yeah. Heracross. (laughs) Love a good Heracross drop. Who doesn't? Besides maybe Bulbasaur. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) Probably a lot of plant Pokemon. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i don't think i have anything left on these episodes no, i'm good I think too. we squeezed all the juice out yeah and made nectar from it <laughs> and fed it to our pincer <laughs> so well you can always let us know what you thought of those if you want to um but in the meantime thanks for joining us this time uh, on this wonderful adventure along the victory road for information on episodes and contests or to give us feedback on the show, be sure to find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Victory Road Pod. And if there's anything in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast or if there's just anything you'd like for us to talk about, let us know. Until next time, we are headed back to the Pokemon Center to maybe trade our Pokemon, but we're not really sure because we were really excited to do it. But then we second-guessed it and we're just not sure. Maybe we'll just catch more. Bye! I'm not allowed to trade my Pokemon. <laughs> that makes it really easy. <laughs> See ya. Bye.
another fine production of the Four Ride Radio Network. For other great shows, check out www.4rideradio.com.